Laura, I was tempted to begin the night by uh, defending ourselves against the attack in today's Australian on our previous conversation concerning Barnaby Joyce, but there are more important issues. Israeli War Cabinet member uh, Benny Gantz has warned that unless Hamas uh, free all hostages held in Gaza by the, the 10th of March, an offensive will be launched in Rafah. This is a, a big problem for Australia. Well, it's a particularly big problem for people in Gaza, Philip. Um, I think uh, it's, I mean, uh, having sort of just heard about this, um, the, the 10th of March deadline is interesting because it's still a little way away. So it's um, given everybody a bit of room to manoeuvre. But it does raise interesting questions, obviously, for Australia about where it would go next um, if if this did happen. Uh, Australia's taken to um, signing joint statements with Canada and New Zealand of late on these matters, which I think is interesting because it's not just fitting in, it's, it's taking a sort of conspicuous sort of position of several different countries, but not necessarily either the US uh, or the UK or for that matter, the Europeans, um, but countries with a, a sort of some similar sensibilities. Uh, and they put out a pretty sternly worded statement uh, a few days ago, I think last Thursday, um, basically saying that they were incredibly concerned about what was happening. A ground offensive in Rafa would be catastrophic. Um, and, you know, the people in uh, in, Garfa, in uh, Rafa have nowhere to go um, and that there's a growing in international consensus, but that Israel must listen to its friends and to the international community. So um, it's it's gradually been ratcheting up the language, but... You know, where do you ratchet if uh, the Israelis do proceed with this and don't don't listen to their international friends? Laura, the PM is in WA, uh, where the government is under fire over the arrival of an asylum seeker boat. In fact, I think there's now two. It feels like uh, we're back to the future. Well, it does, Philip. Um, as far as uh, we're told, is it's actually only one boat uh, and all the people who are on it have already been sent to Nauru. Now, uh, you know, there are obviously issues people can be concerned about here. Uh, one of them is, you know, if you are a supporter of the border protection policies uh, for either because you're concerned about illegal arrivals or you're concerned about the dangers of uh, travelling to Australia by boat or for whatever other reason you want to know that it works. Um, and then there's the political debate. Now, um, Peter Dutton has been ramping up his language on this in the last few days, which follows several days of asking questions about people released from jail as a result of the High Court's decision the, in the so-called NZYQ case. Um, and I think it's he has crossed a, a line here uh, in the sense that Without a doubt, governments always have to be challenged and questioned about what's happening on any uh, policy, whether it's national security, the economy, whatever. But if you're basically going in so hard that you're suggesting that the policy isn't working, that it's defective, that the government's cut back and isn't is asleep on the job, I don't see how that helps what you argue is uh, has always been your position, which is taking a tough line on people smugglers and not sending them the wrong signals. And I think it's really instru instructive that the head of Border Force has come out twice now in the last few days, uh, most recently um, earlier this evening, to sort of reiterate that 
um, spending on um, Operation Sovereign Borders is the highest it's been since 2015 and that there were hundreds of millions of dollars extra put into it in the last year now. He's not doing that to help Labor, Philip. He's doing that because, as he previously said, he's concerned that conflicting narratives on this do create uh, question marks which um, people smugglers can use. Now, Border Force was uh, caught by surprise, as was the PM. It was. Uh, um, it was a few people, uh, I think 30-odd people, 30-odd men uh, saying they're from Pakistan and Bangladesh, rocked up in a very remote uh, Indigenous community uh, called Beagle Bay last week um, and it apparently all come from this one boat. Now, obviously, people go, well, how did they get here? We were supposed to be, uh, you know, monitoring the skies and all those sorts of things. Peter Dutton's been suggesting that the government has cut back on um, aerial patrols. Um, there have been suggestions, of course, that, in fact, we were paying for aerial controls that weren't actually aerial patrols that weren't actually happening under the previous government. Uh, I don't know how well you know that bit of the coast. It's it's a real maze, you know, and there are lots of illegal fishing boats up there anyway, fishing. Um, so you, it's possible that a boat is occasionally going to get through. But and there've been a few over the last twelve months um, on the east coast in remote parts of the northeast coast. Uh, and there were also the occasional ones under the former government. Now, the government is reiterating its line that uh, anyone who arrives by boat will be sent to another country. Deja vu. Deja vu all over again, Philip, in fact, if we're going to the School of Tautology tonight. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the politics of it is all very similar, but I think... There's a question mark about whether it's going to just keep working forever, I think, for Peter Dutton. Um, it obviously uh, triggers some people. Um, some of the shock jocks really love it. Uh, but there are a lot of issues on people's minds now, like the cost of living, which are much more front of mind. And the question of how much you can maintain a momentum on this uh, has got to be there if you don't keep getting boats arriving. We should also uh, make the point that uh, there were recent revelations about the lack of uh, due process in the rewarding of contracts to the companies uh, running our detention centres. We discussed that briefly last week. Absolutely. Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars um, basically squandered um, by, you know, very bad um, contract management um, under the former government, uh, leading to all sorts of uh, waste and inappropriate uh, allocation of contracts to people who didn't know what they were doing. Hence the Greens are saying we need a Royal Commission into offshore and onshore detention. Indeed, indeed. Um, I'm not wildly confident that that's going to happen though, Philip. Okay. Now, speaking of boats, apparently, as well as urgently needing nuclear submarines, we do need uh, more surface warships. Well, we do. Um, and apparently it's going to... We're going to have a, an announcement tomorrow on the, um, the, on the review of surface combatants, um, as they're generally known, um, and uh, it's basically going to see a doubling... Uh, of the number of surface ships uh, in our Navy, which must, I could be rude and say that that should take it to about 12, Philip, but um, I, that would be rude. Um, essentially what seems to be happening is 
We've got these hunter class frigates, which are reasonably big sized boats, and they're actually bigger frigates than a lot of other people's boats, other people's frigates, um, but they don't actually have enough things that fire you know, weapons at other people. Um, so they're going to uh, scale back, we think, um, the number of those uh, boats that are being built or ships. I can never remember which one's which, so, you know, beat me up Navy people. Uh, and then we're going to get um, a, a, a group of smaller uh, patrol uh, vessels coming into play as well. Um, you know, so the National Trust will be able to uh, put their plaques on them because uh, the report we're discussing says the current surface fleet is the oldest the Navy has operated in its history. <laughs> it's encouraging, isn't it? The only thing I would say, Philip, is that at least we're not the United Kingdom, which is spending an absolute poultice of money building an aircraft carrier, but it doesn't actually have enough money to put any aircraft on it. So that always makes me feel a little bit better. Sorry to be flippant. So the government will scale back the troubled Hunter Frigate, frigate Program. Correct. Okay. Now, I'm, 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 I'm guessing this is another, well, another source of ammo for the opposition. Um, the, 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 the Navy review? Yeah. Well, presumably they'll have a go at it, Philip, but it's a little bit hard because we're still a little bit close to when they were running things and, uh, you know, by all accounts, decisions should have been made way back, I think, when John Howard was still Prime Minister. They obviously weren't by Labor when they came in, but they also weren't made by the Abbott-Turnbull-Morrison government um, or they, you know, the decisions that were made have proved to be um, less than satisfactory. So the great history of um, major uh, purchases by uh, by the Navy and the Defence Forces continues to be really pretty rotten, as we saw in that uh, audit of major contracts uh, that was released last week, which basically... And, and the uh, war that's been reported between uh, the Defence Minister Richard Miles and Defence, which is essentially saying that the review of, um, of our strategy said that we should be doing some things and uh, pairing back others, and allegedly Defence has just been continuing to go blithely on doing whatever it was doing previously. Now, Finance uh, Minister Katie Gallagher is uh, heading to the G20 Foreign Ministers meeting, presumably by plane rather than rusty boat, uh, in place of Penny Wong. Why is that? Well, that uh, isn't completely um, uh, sort of un... You know, it's not quite completely out of the normal ball, ballpark, Philip, in the sense that um, the G20 is very much a, um economic forum. It was actually the one that Kevin Rudd got going in the middle of the um, GFC in 2009. So uh, it makes some sense for uh, an economic minister to attend it, uh, particularly when there's been a lot of um, bilateral and multilateral meetings already in the last 12 months that uh, Penny Wong's been going to. Meanwhile, the government may have, well, might be called upon to assist PNG where there's troubles galore. Uh, look, it's all pretty terrible um, and obviously there have been these horrendous uh, accounts of um, troubles in the Highland with, you know, a lot of people murdered. The, the reports are still a bit um, unclear about exactly how many people were killed in this massacre. Uh, so that's going on. There's obviously still a lot of political instability um, surrounding uh, the PNG Prime Minister. 
So I think, um, you know, the fact that the PNG Prime Minister has been here recently and Australia's been reassuring them that they'll be there to help is a good thing. And uh, glad tidings on St Valentine's Day. The PM has uh, announced he's getting married. So romantic, Philip. What can we say? But um, yeah, any anyway, any uh, nice. any what? goss on the date of the nuptials? <laughs> um, I no. Uh, they're saying that they haven't actually worked out worked that out, that bit out yet, um, and I suspect that's probably true. So um, I'll probably just want to know when you can get there, Philip. Yes, my invitation must be in the mail now. The shops are already full of Easter eggs, and uh, Barnaby says he's going to give up the booze for Lent. So will we see a more sober Parliament as we head towards Easter? Well, if, if they had any brains, that w- we would, you'd think. Um, I mean, we've, apart from uh, Barnaby Joyce, we've now had um, the National Senator Perrin Davey looking very much the worse for wear in Senate estimates. There's uh, dark suggestions around that there's other footage around of other people who will um, be revealed to not be on their best form uh, when they're being paid by the taxpayer. Um, so I, I think that there'll be a warning that goes out to everybody just to clean up their act if they're, if they're not having it clean. But um, I, I think Barnaby Joyce should probably be giving it up for a li- bit longer than Lent, Philip. You know we're going to get into trouble with the Australian for saying that, don't you? Uh, well, that's, you know, that's just shocking and terrible, Philip. I mean, isn't it encouraging that the media section, i.e., you know, let's you know, let's uh, just perpetually attack the ABC section of the Australian, as well as your personal best friend Jared Henderson, is listening in every every night to make sure we're doing correct thought. I'd just like to say, Philip, just for the record, um, this suggestion that um, we've got double standards because we've dared to say that the former Deputy Prime Minister shouldn't be seen lying drunk on the footpath in Canberra is a bad thing, is somehow a double standard because one didn't say the same thing about Lydia Thorpe. I just point out that I was actually on leave when the Lydia Thorpe thing happened, but I'm pretty sure I did say something about it at the time. So, excuses, excuses. So just a big hello to all those all those readers of The Australian and I hope all five of them are still awake at 10 o'clock tonight. The voice of uh, lovely Laura Tingle, our... 7.30's uh, Chief Political Correspondent. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.